2021. It's Friday, the 3rd of September 2021, and today we've got episode 20 of From the Resort podcast. Today we have Anna Arndt from Eric's Fish and Chips, uh, who I met uh, a couple not too long ago at a Queenstown Chamber event. Uh, welcome along to the podcast, Anna. Great to be talking to you today, Tim. Yeah, thanks for being uh, and a guest. It's been we have, it's been a couple of months since we had one of these. So where we like to usually start, I guess, is early life. Whereabouts yourself? Whereabouts were you born? And uh, what was sort of family life like growing up where you were? Oh right. Well, I was born in the King Country in the middle of the North Island on a farm, and um, I was the eldest of. I've got three younger sisters, so it was very much a kind of isolated town. It was probably three quarters of an hour drive away, and yeah, just grew up good old, you know, king country farming lifestyle, which I loved. Like cattle, cattle, uh, what sort of farm? Sheep, sheep, sheep and cattle farm. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. And, and all daughters, so, um, and you're the eldest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do your sisters still live uh, in New Zealand or those moved out? You know, all my family's still living in New Zealand, which is oh, really excellent. great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're the eldest, and obviously you're, you're obviously the, um, I guess the responsible sister. The first, I'm the oldest child as well. Um, it's it's one of those things where you, you your um, younger siblings are obviously follow your lead quite a bit. So what sort of things did you get up to as a child? That um, I mean, what what were your hobbies, and uh, what did you like to sort of get up to either on the farm or out and about? Oh, we just had a great time as kids, basically playing on the farm, building huts, you know, smoking in the hay barn, <laughs> <laughs> stealing dead cigars and making huts, you know, having, so, um, taking picnics all around the farm. You know, we had a great time as kids, really, just a really kind of free, you know, obviously there was no one else around, riding bikes down the road, playing in puddles, you know. <laughs> Yeah, very you kind probably, of. You probably learned to like drive cars at a young age too on the farm. Is that what usually happens? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we learned to drive cars yeah at a really young age, and um, yeah, no, we just just had a lot of fun really. I mean, I've always enjoyed sports, so I can remember you know starting to play um. So play what sports? Bit, yeah. Oh, tennis particularly, which I still play, and um, but you know we played netball and things like that back in those days. So sport was always fun. We went to a very small primary school. There was actually. I think we had two classrooms, which was pretty good. I mean, now the school's closed down, but probably 30 or 40 kids at the school. So pretty small school, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah obviously, um, out in, as you said, you're, you're away from uh, obviously the nearest town. You have to travel a bit. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, when you sort of got to your teenage level, uh, I guess teenage life, and uh, did you sort of, I guess, did, did you have to go to boarding school anywhere? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went away. Yeah, we had to go away to boarding school because there was no school close enough. So I went down to um, Natawa down in Martin. Yep. And so that was a pretty big deal in those days because yeah. you didn't, you went home like once a term, I think, you know, and your parents came to visit you another once a term. So yeah, it was pretty isolated. And, you know, you didn't have cell phones and all that sort of thing. So you, sp I don't know, we probably rang home once every week or every two weeks or something. We used to write letters. Yeah, so we still, and my mother was great at writing. She was wonderful at writing me letters, yeah. And so we used to still have a lot of mail in those days, which seems right now really strange, doesn't it? You mm. know, my mother still writes letters, but I'm useless at it. So you probably did the odd job on the farm, I assume. You, you might have helped your, your parents with various different tasks oh, on the farm. Yeah. But, um, apart from that, when 
what was the first job you ever had outside the farm? First job outside the farm was I worked in probably I worked I think one of my summer holidays because I was studying accounting at university, accounting and marketing. So I yep. worked at an accounting office in Tamamiri, which is about forty minute drive away. Yep. Okay. So that's the first job. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. As you as you might know, I've been <coughs> been doing accounting for the last twenty five years nearly. Um, it's an interesting profession, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that was your first job. You, you obviously did you enjoy that? Had enough? How long? How did that go? Yeah, no, I did. I enjoyed it. Had fun. I remember, you know, I was the office junior for the summer holidays. I remember I used to have to make the cup of teas. Well, it was great. I was banned from that after a while because I kept breaking the cups. <laughs> That's the only thing I can remember. <laughs> but not, not, not dropping them. How did you break the cups? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Probably dropping them. Yep. Yep. I was pretty useless. But anyway, I ended up working back there a few or oh, a few years later once I'd finished yep. studying and everything, managing the office. So yeah. I, I see you got to the point of sort of an office manager type role there. Well, not, yeah, that was what, yeah, once I'd been overseas and I came back and married yep. the farmer down the road. But anyway, we'll get on to all that later. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, so that was obviously uh, first experience of jobs. And then I guess when did it sort of, I guess, take you, uh, I guess, early in life? When did you, when did you sort of, um, I guess, meet Eric for the first, Eric, who you, who, who were Eric's? Fish and chips. Eric's uh, fish and chips is named after. So what happened is I went off to university in Christchurch and yep. studied accounting and marketing there. And then I um, worked for Unilever, a big company in Wellington, as yep. like a management accountant for um, a couple of years. And then I got promoted with them and ended up in Hawke's Bay, um, working in Hawke's Bay. And I was like the youngest ever um manager in Hawke's Bay and the first female that ever had and back then I mean that was fascinating as well working for a big English company you never the management had lunch in a separate dining room back then I mean that's only you know 35 40 years ago it's amazing how things have changed really isn't it yeah. um and then um I can remember it was a wage freeze and I said oh well if you're not going to pay me anymore I'm off I'm going overseas <laughs> so basically so, so uh, that was the first time you went overseas Oh no! I went overseas. We playing hockey when I was at school. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Went to Australia, which back in those days was also like a really big deal. To go on a hockey trip to Australia was amazing. And interesting enough, I'm still good friends with girls that I went overseas with in that hockey team, which is pretty great. You know, wow. but I went skiing with with a couple of them just a month ago, so that was really great. But you said yeah, so you went then you went overseas for work then or. No, I went overseas to travel and obviously work and travel at the same time. Yeah, Did yeah. a lot of stuff. I went overland yeah. all the way from, um, basically, I went overland from Bali to London. Bali to a, London, yep, okay. Yep, and a top deck tour, which was great. Got to London and thought, oh, I better do some work. I need some money now. But being an accountant back in those days, it was just really easy to find work. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, worked for Labrooks Racing, I think it was, in London for quite a bit. Yep. And then ended up with a group of mates buying a Land Rover, and we went spent eight months going down through Africa, right from London down to wow. Cape. Yeah, so um, that was pretty good. Yeah. So, so never, I don't know. I don't. I don't know too many people that have gone through to Africa. So tell us about that. So that was that. That would have been eye opening. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, we basically there was six of us in one Land Rover, so you know we didn't have a lot of space. Uh -huh. 
and a lot of room. So of all and, the places in Africa, what's uh, if you were to tell someone where you should go, where would you tell them to go? The whole, just everywhere or anywhere? I just loved it. I mean, one of the places that I've always meant to go back to and just haven't managed it is to go back to um, the Sahara Desert was amazing. Just because mm. you're just in the middle of nowhere and the stars and there's just sand for everywhere. And it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the game parks are just fantastic seeing all the animals and stuff like yeah, that the animals would be yeah. amazing I reckon. yeah yeah the whole thing was just yeah it was fantastic it was really good yeah yeah so um i don't and know that, if you back there now but anyway that's all right yeah no that's that's so then obviously um went back after that after that was all done you went back to new zealand or yeah that's that's the time actually yeah and that's how i met when I came back to New Zealand, yeah, spent a bit of time, came home through the States, met up with a friend there, worked in a ski field over there, as you kind of do. And then I thought, oh, no, it's time to come home now. So I came home and I met, um, and came home, surprised my parents. And actually, um, while I was away overseas, Eric actually took one of my sisters out for a bit. <laughs> this is Eric from Eric's Fish and Chips. And anyway, he made really good friends with my mum and um, my sister actually went overseas and she dumped him and then she, <laughs> <laughs> he made really good friends with my mum so he just used to call in every now and then and I was at home and he called in one day and um, said and actually um, we started playing tennis together and he was actually couldn't play tennis very well but anyway <laughs> we had we had a lot of fun and um so then a few weeks later, he, he rang me up and he said, oh, I'm going to a duck shooting party, end of duck shooting party. So um, I don't know if people know, but duck shooting's a big, they have a season in New Zealand and you start duck shooting and then it goes for about six weeks. And um, I think they still have big parties, not that we do it now, but an end of duck shooting party. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll come along with you if you want, um, but make sure you look after me because I won't kind of, you know, know anyone or anything like that. So we went off to this end of duck shooting party in Ohura, which is totally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, and that was it, really. Yeah, we got on very well from then. And then this was in about, actually, I think end of duck shooting is about May, June. And we got married the next April. So it was all pretty quick. Well, I suppose once you know, you know sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. That's it. No mucking around. No mucking around. So, um, and what sort of, I guess, when you first met Eric, what, was, what's, what sort of uh, work was he in at, at that time? So Eric was farming in the King Country. Yep. 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 So basically yep. we um, farmed in the King Country. Yep. I yep. did some, um, I worked for some local accounting firms and yeah, while he was busy farming. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that was sheep and uh, we were sheep and beef farming there. Hmm. And do you go back to the King Country? Uh, how often would you go back there? What you mean now? Yeah. Oh, not a lot really now. We, we have, yeah, every, um we've still got a few friends there so oh, probably yeah. once a year or a couple okay. of years yep. yeah okay yeah yeah so, so i actually ended up living when i first got married i actually ended up living about three quarters of an hour from where i grew up <laughs> which is amazing yeah okay cool um so then i guess um what, what what i guess where did the wife take you then after that when when you sort of got together and uh what did you? What were some of the first things that you sort of did? Because uh, I think you, from what what I gather and what I'm seeing from you, is you're very sort of, uh, or you and Eric, um, are both sort of, you know, minds of like like being in control of your own destiny. Like you know, you like um, 
you know, businesses and getting involved in them, starting them up, that sort of thing. Tell us about what yep. you got involved in. So basically, um, the first thing we got involved in, we were farming and um, yep. farming returns were really pretty bad. So we started not actually not that long after we got married we had a business where we started killing our own stock and selling it directly to the markets in Auckland mm. can't even remember what we called that company to be honest <laughs> but um, actually it was probably called Aria Farm anyway so we sold we sold meat directly to people in Auckland yep Eric had an old freezer truck and he used to drive that up to Auckland sell the meat and then come home again mm. yeah so we did that or Oh, can't remember for quite a few years as well as farming at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was pretty good. And then what happened was um, we so we farmed in the King Country and Aria for, for about 15 years. Um, and then we decided to start up Aria Farm, which was a meat processing company. So we ended up selling the um selling the farm in the King Country and moving to Hamilton. Um yeah, yeah. So in between Hamilton. having by this stage, we had three children, two boys. We had Theo, Bjorn, and Heidi. So we've still got those three children. Um, so we moved to Hamilton when Heidi was about five. Um, and we started Aria Farm, which is a meat processing business, which is really well known for its um, meat strips. So we had lamb, beef, and chicken strips, okay, which were basically 97% meat, um, no added colour, salt or preservative. So they were really healthy and they were just something really quick and easy that you could stir fry, um, you know, and great for kids. Really, really easy, you know, like a finger kind of food where you could have them as a finger food. Um, we developed other products from there. We ended up with um, a stir, so we made a stir fry actually, so the vegetables and the meat all in a bag and you could stir fry it all together. Yeah, wow. and we, yeah. we ended up um, exporting that to Australia under the home brand, under the um, Woolworths home brand. Okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's what we, we sort of did that for 15 years, which was, and it was great living in Hamilton, great place to educate our kids. Um, we were all really involved as a family in the, you know, whichever schools the kids went to, they went to Knighton Primary School, Barclay Intermediate, Hillcrest High School, so um, I, in particular, coached lots of sports teams, um, managed teams, was, you know, on all the parents, bits and pieces. So, yeah, did lots of very involved in the community. Um, in Hamilton, yeah. In, in Hamilton, where we lived. Um, yeah. So, and all the kids grew up there, basically. So, yeah, the kids grew up there and went to school there and, yeah, really enjoyed um, being there and played lots of sports and, yeah, had, had lots of good times. Yeah. So I guess when was the first time when, when was the first time in your life that uh, you actually went to Queenstown for a holiday? Can you remember when, when that would have been? The first time I ever came to Queenstown was when I was at university in um, Christchurch, and we came down with a group of mates for a weekend. Yep. Yeah, and I can still remember going up the Skyline Gondola for dinner. Yeah, still around back then. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, still it was still around back then. Yeah, and I one of the things the main thing I can remember that about that to be honest was drinking too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I guess um, tell us about the story about you know getting to Queenstown as far as um, moving your life here. You know the reason you that sort of occurred, uh, and I guess what the plan was with you and Eric. 
you know. Okay, sure. So what happened is um, we, after 15 years, we sold our meat processing business to um, a big meat company, Ansco. Yep. And that and that involved um, they wanted Eric to work for them in Christchurch for a couple of years, um, which he did. Obviously, it was quite a big challenge for him working for a company when he'd been his own boss for a long time. Um, and he sort of developed new products for them and worked with them for a couple of years. They were really keen for him to stay on. But what happened is he was developing products for a, a, a franchise in Christchurch. And they really wanted us to start a Mexican franchise business in Queenstown. So I started um, researching this and um, came down to Queenstown and looked at it um, and discovered that in Queenstown that um, rents were really, really expensive, yep. <laughs> very, very hard to find. And also there was some really good Mexican food down here already. And also franchises didn't really work down here because rents That's were so right, yeah. it just kind of you know it just the, the whole thing kind of didn't add up and um at this stage our our daughter was living in Queenstown she'd been here for quite a long time and she said to us mum and dad there's no um fish and chip shop in the center of town and just as mad as we are we thought oh that's a good idea there's no fish and chip shop and she was working for Dart River at that stage as a fun yak guide and um, people always said to her, well, where can I buy fish and chips? Because it's just part of the music Kiwi culture, basically. Mm. Um, so that's how Eric's Fish and Chips began. So we kind of came up with the idea in about July of the year and then opened in December. And obviously it was really difficult to get, um, it, you know, space was really difficult. So was, that, was that um, 2014 or 2015? 2015 it was. Yeah, yep. okay. So, so what happened there was um, we actually, Ben, who's now my son-in-law, he was um, leasing a bit of dirt well, where we are now, um, basically for his Kiwi sport business, Paddle Queenstown, which is on the beach. So we got hold of those guys and we said, well, how about if we put a food trailer there? And they said, oh, great idea. So um, we've got a landlord from Dunedin mm. and basically we've been there ever since. So we kind of thought that by putting if we put a trailer there, it was a good test. And if it didn't, yeah. um, if it didn't work, um, then, you know, we could just pull the trailer off again and we hadn't spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars setting up a business. Mm. So as we're seeing, like sharing the website there, that looks, that's, uh, if anyone wants to have a go and have a bit of a look at, at Eric's Fish and Chips, that's the, the website there. So very good website. Um, so that's how it all started. Uh, and obviously it was a bit of a, obviously a gap in I guess in the I guess the um, market in in Queenstown at the time um, there wasn't really any fish and chip shops so obviously made sense to to set one up and it's obviously been very successful from when it first opened. Yeah, obviously, I mean, we opened on the first of December, which is you know thinking back about now is a bit nuts really because you have no idea what you're getting yourself in for and how busy it's going to be, mm. <laughs> and obviously when you open any new business everyone wants to come and try it you know yeah yep. and we basically had one of my only regrets really is I didn't take a photo after the first night of being in business because the whole trailer was just covered in flour from one end <laughs> to the other it was pretty chaotic but anyway we just got on with it as we do as you're probably aware we do love a challenge and mm. um 
it's great to have a challenge in life. So um, we're here, we've, we've got this business, um, we start employing staff and we just get going from the, you know, the start really. We were lucky that we'd owned lots of small businesses before. And one of the things that um, we knew that we had to, you know, just continually improve the way we did things. So basically we talked to um, people, you know, our staff at the end of the day and we say, look, you know, this is what's happened today. How can we do things better tomorrow? So we opened on the 1st of December. By Christmas time, we had our first run of batter commercially produced in Dunedin already. So we got that delivered in, you know, 18K boxes. Because obviously, um, so the big thing about... Um, Eric's Fish and Chips and developing it is that we are um, 100%, we're actually 100% gluten free. Yeah, so our really completely gluten free. So um, it's made, you know, of rice flour mainly, which is very fine. So it, dust and stuff goes everywhere and it comes in big 25 kilo bags. So it was pretty difficult to um, be mixing it up in a small sort of basically in a six by three meter trailer. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it's good to, um, yeah, so we did that really quickly. We started off doing crumb fish to begin with. We realised there wasn't much demand for it and it was a complete hassle, you know, having crumb fish. So we just got rid of that off the menu straight away. So we just made, you know, changes continually all the time. Excellent. That's great. And then, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great story. And uh, obviously, it's good. To, you've got a lot of stuff that you stand for there, which is which is really, really good. You know, Eric's Reading Challenge, um, all these different things. Obviously, pretty good rating on TripAdvisor. Um, and also then, so and then you obviously opened up a, a store over at Wanaka as well. That's obviously, to get to, to that sort of stage, you want to open in a different location. There must be uh, a reason to, to, for that to happen as well. So. Um, what sort of prompted, I guess, uh, opening another store over in Wanika? Well, we actually, firstly, we opened another one in Queenstown. So we opened oh, we had one in the centre of town, which yep. is not actually there now. And we opened one out um, at um, Five Mile, out, yep. out that way. At yep. the um, There was a garden centre out there. And we opened that, and that went off with a hiss and a roar. Um, unfortunately, that bit of land got um, sold from underneath us as where Bunnings is now, and we couldn't really oh. find anything else that kind of suited us out that way. So, and we decided that rather than open just to keep two, we'd have um, we'd got we'd move to Wanaka. So, yep. um, yeah, that we kind of moved that one to Wanaka, which has been a great success. It's been you know really great in Wanaka. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, obviously. I just had a look at the menu before. Very sort of interesting, some stuff on there. Like, I've noticed you've got um, there's a few things there. Obviously, some great fish. I love monkfish, uh, blue cod, and hokey. Um, what's your What's your favourite type of fish yourself? Look, I am very, very happy with a piece of hokey. To be honest, <laughs> a lot of people say that. Um, you know, they think, oh, I want to have, and look, blue cod's great, but I say to people, yeah, I love blue cod, but it's very expensive, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, we're selling blue cod for 10 50 a piece, um, yeah. but it's really, really expensive to buy, but it is great that it's sustainably fished, you know, so we've got to look after our fishing supplies, so, you know, really happy to support that, and we get all our fish through um, Harbour Fish in Dunedin, who have just supported us through you know thick and thin and especially in the last year they've just been great excellent 
And some of these interesting uh, desserts, deep fried kiwi fruit, that's something I've never had. Yeah. Um, I've had deep fried banana before, uh, deep fried pineapple rings, but tell us about deep fried kiwi fruit. So deep fried kiwi fruit is, um, yeah, it's kind of one of the things that we're known for. And quite often people will just come and buy a deep fried kiwi fruit. And it is absolutely delicious. It's because you've got the, the sour sort of, we use the green kiwi fruit, the sour of the kiwi fruit, and then we dust it in cinnamon and sugar. It's got a, like a sweet and sour thing. And people just absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, no, it's been a great sort of success. And we've had a lot of fun around it. We came up with the idea. Eric says, always says that we wanted something um, very traditionally Kiwi. But when we were developing the menu and everything, obviously before we had Eric's Fish and Chips, we didn't even own a deep fryer. So we <laughs> bought one of those little wee deep fryers and we're experimenting in Christchurch and we'd have people around for dinner and we'd try all these different things. Well, to be honest, one night we had quite a few wines and we started frying the, the um, fruit bowl and we <laughs> deep fried some strawberries. So that's how we came up with deep fried kiwi fruit because we deep fried it and we actually did it with the skin on as well. Yeah. And um, it was just so delicious that we thought, oh, this has got to be a winner. Yeah. So that's where the deep fried kiwi fruit comes from. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's been a great, a, a wonderful success. What's, what seems to be a fairly popular staple around town and um, a cauliflower bites. I mean, every, every, a lot of these places seem to have it. Um, why do you think that's so popular that, that everyone, that's every, it seems to be on a lot of menus? Uh, and what do you, do you like cauliflower bites? And you've got oh. like some sort of cheese gravy range, which is sort of uh, mouth-watering to think about. The cauliflower bites are absolutely delicious. And it's basically just a bit of cauliflower deep fried, but they just, because it goes, when you deep fry it, it goes all creamy inside and it just, mm. they are to die for. Yeah. And then if you put cheese and curry and yeah. cheese and, you know, curry or gravy on top of the cauliflower, I mean, that's just like an old cauliflower cheese. We grew up with cauliflower cheese, don't we? So it is absolutely, they are just, yeah, they are really, really, really good. And we've actually just, this week, in fact, you're the first person that I've told this, we've got, now got vegan cauliflower cheese and gravy. So we're now starting to sell vegan cheese as well because we're right. finding that's a um, really big um, demand in the marketplace. Yeah, people are really wanting to, you know, have as many vegan products. So our gravy was already um, vegan, so we've now got vegan cheese as well. Yeah, so it looks like you do... Um uh deliveries as well as pickups so that's at, at the moment so we've had the the last 18 months have been tough for a, <clears throat> a lot of uh, uh i guess um businesses in queenstown and especially when it comes to um uh tourism and also uh you know <clears throat> some of the food places have found it hard from time to time especially with the restrictions at level four level three um all these different things that, you know having to change the way they do things over the last 18 months I mean, I guess, how's the last 18 months uh, affected uh, things um, for Eric's fish and chips? Oh, look, Tim, I'm not going to um, hide the fact it's been really, really tough because basically before COVID, 80% um, of our customers, um, you know, because we've done customer research, you know, sheets where customers, 80% of our customers were from um, out of town and probably 60% of those were from overseas. So, you know, basically you've lost, 60% of your customers overnight so it's been really tough to 
you know, adapt adapt to that. You know, it's been um, re- really hard and just to get used to it. And I think, you know, um, you know, last year you just kind of went through, we had the wage subsidy for a long time and then you're thinking, oh, we, we're coming out of it. Um, yeah, but it, and I, I personally found it really tough, you know. Um, I'm coping with it really well now, but last year sort of, by November, you get you start to get pretty worn out, really, just because you're always trying to do things, you know, differently and try and make it work. And you think, God, this is the new reality. So, it certainly ha- it hasn't been easy. Yeah, yeah no. but and I think now, um, I, to be honest, I think that this year is going to be really we're in for a really tough time now, at least till Christmas, because we all kind of got geared up firstly for Australians. Yeah. Um, the bubble, yeah. The bubble was great, and Australians love, you know, fish and chips. <laughs> and yes. um, then, the, so we lost the Australians. We lost the Australians just before um, uh, the Australian school holidays. So that, and now we've lost Auckland. So we've really lost our two big markets. And the, the way Auckland's looking, we, you know, we mightn't get them back till Christmas. You don't know, do you? Yeah, no, that's that's right. Yeah. Um, it's it's. Um... It, 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 yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. It's been it's, it's been really really tough, and um, it's it's a bit of a kick in the guts that we had this bubble open and all of a sudden really just you know just shut. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And it really and it's like okay, it's a race to try to get everyone vaccinated now. That's that's what it seems to be like. <clears throat> We're racing to get you know eighty percent vaccinated, and and that yeah. might take take till Christmas anyway. So, um, it's, yeah, it's going to take a while, isn't it? I'm fully vaccinated, so that feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and I, I've got my appointment this month. Um, <laughs> my wife's fully vaccinated, but yeah, no, it's it's something that uh, needs to happen, and you know, you got to book it, your, your your time in, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I guess Queen, you know, you know, obviously we've spoken about the you know the business side of, of coming to Queenstown, and and I guess the experiences and uh, Eric's fish and chips, uh, how it all sort of started. How it's sort of you know been, how successful it's been. Um, what other things about Queenstown do you, I guess, um, like uh, when it comes to um, uh, in living here? And whereabouts, whereabouts, you, you know, the, as far as picking the pick of all the places to live, where where do you think the best place to live in Queenstown is? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I mean, just to go backwards a bit, always yeah. like we lived in Hamilton, we absolutely, we were, our whole family's passionate about skiing. So we just love skiing and we spend yeah. a lot of time skiing at Mount Ruapehu. So our vision was sort of once the kids left school that we'd always kind of keep moving sort of south. And what happened to just to explain about our move south was like, obviously we had a couple of years in Christchurch our, for various reasons, our, our children all ended up in um, Queenstown, which was uh, really exciting. So we thought, well, you know, why not go here? We love skiing. We want to be, you know, in, in Queenstown. So we just love Queenstown. Um, we, we love skiing. You know, we do first tracks up at Coronet Peak. That's been the biggest challenge in this last lockdown is watching the snow melt. You know, <laughs> it's the biggest first world problem ever. But yeah, so we just love skiing. Um, we love boating, getting out on the lake. I'm enjoying that. We love the rivers. We love camping. I love walking. You know, so we just, it's just a beautiful place to live. And we're really, really lucky. Our um, two out of, one of our sons lives in Wanaka and we've got two children um, living in Queenstown. And the very exciting news is, 
both both my daughter and daughter-in-law are about to have babies in the next six weeks. Wow. So, so that's pretty exciting, really. So um, yeah, I'm gonna be a grandmother as well. So, so the first time this will be the first time being a grandmother. The first time being a grandmother, yep, wow. and I'm getting two within six weeks. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. Very yeah. exciting stuff. Excellent. Yeah. So um, um, it's just a great, it's just a lovely place to live, isn't it? You know, it's just it beautiful. Is. I mean, that's, hence, you know, why I sort of moved here. It's uh, two days ago was, um, it was only two days ago was when I got on that plane uh, with, all, with all the stuff, you know, in transit and, and uh, coming from Brisbane to um, to Queenstown. So it's only just clicked a year. Uh, since that's happened, so um, it's been it's been a great uh, decision to to move here. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's been really good. <clears throat> uh, I guess to to chat to you about your story and stuff like that. Um, really great menu. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm now I'm going to have to order something to pick up over the weekend. I think just to to try some of this uh, some of these different types of fish. It sounds uh, great. You'll have to try one of our, um, I'll tell you what, we've got oh, something else is brand new, Tim, to try. We've just developed, the staff are having a great time at the moment. I said, come up with some new ideas, will you? So they've got mushy pea balls. Yes, I read about that, mushy pea balls. So that's yeah, and, deep fried, you said, right? Yeah, deep fried. So mushy, do you know what mushy peas are? Yeah, that's like you just mush up the peas and... Yeah. yeah, but we do. So there, mushy peas are a really English, very, very English thing. So we actually um, get the the marifat peas that they. Well, we might have to add that to the order as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they export to England, and then we mash them up, and um, yeah. the mushy peas are just great. You need to, but a bit of sweet chili sauce, and they're just great. And then we've developed. We've always been quite, you know, like we. One of our things in. Um, Queenstown is that we always want to get behind the community and that's why we developed like Eric's um, reading challenge for example so I started that back in 2019 but it was kind of a very manual kind of system then and then basically last year during lockdown I put it online so that kids could get a treat during lockdown yeah, that's yeah so really good. yeah and it's gone really well this time so all the kids have to do is they have to read five chapter books um, and then they enter online and then they get a voucher for a free kids meal at Eric's Fish and Chips. Yeah. So and then I've got wonderful um, prizes from all sorts of local companies. So well, draw out prizes all the time. They can win iFly vouchers, Wastebuster vouchers, you know, all sorts of different things. It's just you know, all the people that are supporting that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Got really, really good support from um, a lot of people. And I just... It really makes me happy when the, um, you get support from parents and um, teachers as well. Yeah. So Gecko Press, which is a, um, a New Zealand book publisher, um, they're right behind it and they give us books and different things to get away. So it's great. Wow. That's, that's yeah. really good. So good, that's good. still going. And even in, in this year, you know, just in, now we've just had a latest lockdown. I push it out there and lots of kids are entering again as well. So it's really good. No, that's that sounds like it's fun and gets a lot of the kids involved and then they they hopefully they can you know that sort of tie that into how you guys have supported it and you know that, yeah well I think it's well, you know, really we'll, important we'll, we'll, um, get out fish and chips yeah when you live in a local community well that's my personal philosophy is it's just with all my marketing and all sorts of stuff is always to be 
you want to be part of the local community that you yeah. live in, you know, and like, so when there's events coming up, like Luma Lights and stuff like that, we always give it a big push on social media and um, stuff like that. You know, when there's um, like Pride Week, we always support that. We've got a great potato spiral at the moment. The, it's all, a, we've got a multicolored potato spiral we're selling, you know, and it's, it's a pity, you know, when, we don't have, you know, we miss events like this, obviously due to COVID, but yeah. those events is, are what makes Queenstown, you know, it gives it a really fun kind of vibe. It's mm. great. Yeah. And it, it's, it, you know, doesn't, it's, it, we all get excited when it comes back like this at the moment, but it's going to take time, but it will rebuild to the wonderful place that it is. Mm. So as, as far as you said, you're a bit of a skier yourself. You've been skiing this season? Oh, yeah, I've been skiing lots this season. And I, the good news is we had great powder skiing the morning, and I went skiing the morning before we went into lockdown. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. We, we well, obviously the, the business um, liaises well to skiing. So we do first tracks and start skiing at 8 o'clock at Coronet Peak. And just sometimes we just ski for an hour or two and then come home. Yeah, so it's wonderful. And the kids have all got first tracks as well. So we have a lot of fun skiing together. Now that's 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 good. Just a little bit of a hint there about if you're getting going up the mountain, those first tracks, you get up there early and get it uh, get into it. I think um, so. Hopefully, we get to go up there a few more times before the the season's over. That's that's what we really hope. Yeah, uh, and do you do quite a bit of skiing, Tim? I'm a snowboarder, but um, oh, okay. Well, that's only right. only, yeah. only fairly new though. At this, I'm fairly much enormous, but uh, I've been up there four or five times. Um, I think four, yeah, four or five times. We're getting better at it. So, um, yeah, getting out of the practice area and trying to get up a little bit up the mountain a bit. Um, it's a very close, ten minute drive from here to the yeah. top of, uh, Coronet Peak. So it's, it's pretty easy and quick. I uh, haven't been to the remarks yet this season, but I might try to get there as well. Um, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. But I hope hope we can hopefully we can get uh, up there and hopefully it's maybe this time next week it's open if we. Any luck, so. Yeah, I think hopefully we should go to level two and it should open. And, yeah. and I mean, Coronet and Remarks, you know, they're quite good even in level two because they've both got these big six-seater chairlifts, yeah. um, you know, and they just kind of move the people through. And Remarks, hopefully the snow will last a bit, you know, usually the snow lasts a bit longer in Remarks, so hopefully we can have some good skiing there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um and obviously, because you go to Wanaka, you sort of you've been to Cardrona this season as well. Have been up there? Um, I haven't been to Cardrona and Trevelcombe this season, um, but um, did did do Cardrona and Trevelcombe um, a lot last year. And our staff, we always have a staff skiing day at Cardrona, um, which we were actually about to go on when we went into lockdown. So hopefully. Uh, It'll still be able to happen in um, September sometime. But I also enjoy, really enjoy skiing up like we up around Tekapo and that area. You know, there's Round Hill, Dobson. All those little fields are a lot of fun as well. So I guess the other, the other thing just to finish up on is what what are the hours that you can get? You can go to Eric's Fish and Chips and get and do a, get a pickup or you know that sort of thing over over the coming days. So you can get a pickup anytime from 12 to 8.30. And so we've got a great 12 p.m. to 8.30. And yeah. we've got a really good online um, ordering system. We've had online ordering right from when we started. It's not just for COVID. Yeah. But um, it's really good, quick and easy to use. It's completely contactless. And the great thing with our online ordering system, we really do um, 
reward the locals with it as well. So if you order online, once you spend $100 in total, it doesn't matter how long it takes, then you get $10 off your next order. So that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a 10% discount, basically, once you spend $100. So we find people love that, you know. Yeah, that's um, a locals thing. That's what I love about this place is there are a lot of, a lot of um, local establishments that uh, participate in giving you either, you know, 10% rewards, 10% discount. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, being a local um, in this area, it, 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 uh, it, it, you know, you do feel good about going to the, to the pub or to, you know, these different breweries or yeah. um, different places and get, getting that, um, that uh, locals, you know, price, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is really, really good. So, no, I really... I, I, I'm, uh, I'm really sort of uh, glad that I've got you on the podcast. I think it's um, a good story. I think uh, what you what you stand for, you know, is, is really really good as well. And I can see why Eric's Fish and Chips is, is you know really popular around uh, Queenstown. So, um, any final words or thoughts before we sort of wrap things up? No, it's been great to talk to you, Tim. And um, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's really it's actually really good. Um, to, you know, to go through your life and have a chat about it, and I've really enjoyed the, the process. It's been yeah, really I think, good. I think that's that's what a lot of the guests, you know, uh, I think it's about that. And people, you know, I know the focus is on you a little bit with the and maybe the business, and maybe a little bit of Eric, but uh, with this podcast. But um, it, I think it's it's a good good sort of way of format and, and something you can sort of you know say, yep, yeah, I, I, I hang my hat on that a little bit and say, sort of go down memory lane a little bit. And I can, I can work out what what, what I, you know what I got up to and what I did. You know, so yeah, um, that's great. No, thank you very very much. Uh, you have a have a great uh, rest of the Friday and the weekend. Uh, I'll definitely try to get an order in over the weekend now, and um, get drop into town and um, pick it up perhaps or something like that. Well, also, I mean, you could even have you know with social distancing, you could go and look what a beautiful day it is today. You can go and sit on the beach and eat your fish and chips. That's, as long that's as you exactly can. right. That's that's in right. In your bubble, there's exactly. plenty of room yeah. on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I've been, I've been a little bit lazy. I wanted to get into town the last few days. I wanted to get out up early and get into town and uh, go for a bit of a walk because I like to do that. But I don't know. I'm just feeling feeling a bit a little bit tired and um, <laughs> a bit lazy probably. But um, I do need to do it, and I, I probably will do it over the weekend. I'd say. So. Well, walking. Um... You've got the, I mean, the Queenstown Gardens and walking around the Queenstown Gardens yeah. is stunning. Yeah, it's really it's good. Stunning, beautiful, beautiful place. And, you know, a lot you can sort of walk around in. And I just love walking up Queenstown Hill as well. That's just, um, yeah, yeah. It's great, isn't it? Going up the gondola is always just good to get some views, you know, uh, yeah. support all the locals. Um, and we can probably keep talking. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's been great to have you on the podcast. And uh, we'll get this uploaded over the course of 24 hours. Uh, you can share it around to your network um, on, on the different social, whether it's Facebook, whether it's something else. Uh, we'll get it up there and uh, share it around. And it's been, been really good to get this uh, episode number 20. That's been Anna Art from Eric's Fish and Chips. We'll see you later. See you later, Tim. Great to talk to you. Have a wonderful day and enjoy those fish and chips. I certainly will. Thanks. Bye.